right. Well, take your Bibles, if you would, please, this morning. I hope you have one. If not, you can reach there in the pew, and you can get one. I saw you had Bibles in the pew. That's wonderful. That's great. And turn with us to John, 1 John chapter 1. And I want to speak just briefly this morning on the four truths about salvation. The four truths of salvation. Everywhere I go, I love to preach about salvation. I love to preach the gospel. I, as an evangelist, that's what God has given me a gift to do. You have a pastor. I don't know him that well, but from what I've talked to him on the phone, I listened to a couple of his messages online. He seems like a good man, a wonderful man of God. And he's a pastor. He has the gift of being a pastor. That is different than the gifts of an evangelist. The gifts of an evangelist is to go and to preach the gospel and to preach it in such a way that people understand and they respond and come to Jesus Christ. God has given me the privilege, honestly, the privilege of preaching around the world. I preached in some places uh, that uh, really, when you say a hole in the wall, they were nothing but a hole in the wall. I preached out in the middle uh, of fields. I preached under trees. I preached in grass huts. I preached in brick buildings. I preached in dilapidated uh, slums. I preached in places where I would be taken in in a van under secret, and I, they would stop, and they say, get out and run. I'd get out and run until somebody said, this way. And I'd go that way, and they say, in here you are. And we would have to keep our voices quiet and soft so that nobody would hear, so that the government would not come in and raid the place. And when I was finished preaching, they would say, go that way. And I'd go as fast as I could, and pretty soon I'd find a van, I'd jump in the van, and they'd take me back to where I was staying, at a hotel or whatever, trying to do it in secret so the government could not find us. I preached in all kind of situations, in all kind of places around the world. I've preached when there's been five or six people in attendance. I have preached when there's been thousands upon thousands of people in attendance. I've preached when we've had just one or two people respond to the invitation. I have preached in Malawi, Africa when one night more than 3,000 people came and received Jesus Christ as their Savior. I love to preach the gospel. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to explain it as simply as I know how. And my prayer is that if you are here today and you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, that today you will come and receive Christ in your heart. You say, well, I've been a member of this church for many, many years. Well, that's wonderful. That's good. I'm glad you are. But do you know for sure if you died today that you go to heaven? You know, you can know that. I'm going to show you that here in just a minute in the Scripture. You can know for sure that you're on the way to heaven. There's a lot of people that wonder about it. And they doubt their salvation. There are many who don't really know what salvation means. And they're trying to do their best. They're trying to do a lot of good works. But the good works won't get you to heaven, the Bible says. It's not by your good works. It's what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary. And that's what makes the difference. And accepting what he did for you. And putting your faith and trust in him. I'm going to read several verses here. In the book of 1 John, if you'll follow along, and then I'm going to explain what these verses mean in using that four truths about salvation. First of all, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and verse 9. The Bible says this, If ye say that ye have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now look at chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things write out unto you that ye sin not. And if um, any man sin, he have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 
And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now, if you will, please, turn over to chapter 5. That's at the end of the book, First John chapter 5. And the first verse of that chapter says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that beget, loveth him also, that is begotten of him. And then look, if you would please, at verse 13. It says, These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Dearly Father, bless this message today. Use it now to speak to our hearts. And may those here without Christ, may they come to receive Christ in their heart. I pray for Christians that are saved, those who know they're on the way to heaven. Lord, may they be challenged in what they hear to spread the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, wherever they go. We'll give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in these five chapters of 1 John, there are 105 verses in this first epistle. Now, the word truth or no appears some 36 different times within this book. From these five chapters, I want to call your attention to the four truths about salvation. Uh, The other day... I told you my dad has been a preacher for nearly 60 years. He was also an evangelist. And uh, several years ago, I was talking to him, and he told me a story about a, a man that got saved, and he was trying to tell somebody else about how they received Christ. And that gentleman looked at him and said, What do you mean, saved? What does that mean? Well, that's what I want to explain to you today, all right? What does it truly mean to be saved? What does it mean to have salvation? Now, many people grew up in the church. They grew up... Uh, considered themselves to be good Christians, to be good church members and so on, but they really don't know the true meaning of salvation or what it means to be saved. I want to make it clear today so that you understand what salvation is, and if you're here without Christ, that before you leave this place, you will receive Christ in your heart and know that you are saved and on your way to heaven, that your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you'll know that you have a home waiting for you in heaven. And so the four truths of salvation are simply this. Number one, are you ready? Number one, it says this, everyone needs to be saved. Everyone needs to be saved. Now look again, if you would, at uh, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then in verse 9 it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I want you to understand that, I want you to notice that word in verse 8 of sin. That word there is our true nature. That's what we really are. Sin is what we are on the inside. The Bible says that everyone is born in sin. David said in Psalm 51, 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. All of us in this room this morning, including myself, are born sinners. We are born with a sin nature. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there are none righteous. No, not one. There's something inside all of us that pulls us in the wrong direction. There's something inside all of us that pulls us the wrong way, away from Christ and away from God and away from the Bible and away from all that is good and that is right. A child doesn't have to be taught what is uh, uh, what uh, is, it means to be selfish. By nature, they are selfish. Every little boy, a baby, is born with a sin nature. Little ones come into the world with their fists 
uh, clenched and they're saying, everything is mine. It belongs to me. And they're selfish within themselves. Now, I know you mothers, I know you think your babies are so sweet and so cute. I've got seven grandkids. I love every one of them. And every one of them were born a sinner. <laughs> and they show it from time to time. It's just part of their nature. Now, we have to teach our children how to say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. And by the way, that's not a southern thing. That's a biblical thing. That shows respect. You have to teach your children to say that. You have to teach your children to be thankful and to say thank you very much. They have to be taught these things and these courtesies because it's not part of their nature. See, we're all born with a sin nature. A little fella can be playing in the living room or in his own room and have 25 toys spread around and all over the room and he's playing with one that he's really interested in. And some other child can walk in that room and pick up one of those other toys. He'll go, wait, 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 that's mine, that's mine, you can't have that. Why? Because he has the sin nature and he's selfish within himself. He has to be taught how to share and how to be thankful for other things. We have to be taught to say thank you. We have to be taught uh, to say, uh, to be uh, appreciative of the things that we have. If you have to tell your children one time, you have to tell them a thousand times. Now, what do you say? Oh, thank you. (laughs) And we have to tell them that time and time and time again. Uh, There's a story told of a little boy. You know, Baptists is a big joke about Baptists that they love to eat. You know, they can't do anything else, so they eat. You know, we have fellowship for all kinds of stuff. The, the men today had a breakfast, you know, and so they ate at breakfast. And uh, so this little boy was going through the, the line at his church, and a lady put a, a piece of cake uh, on his plate, and he looked up at her and said, Thank you, ma'am, I appreciate that. And boy, she was just so taken back. She said, Man, that's what I just love to hear little boys say thank you. He said, Put some ice cream on it, and I'll do it again. But that illustrates the fact that we are all sinners. We're born in sin. We are born with a sin nature. And everyone needs to be saved. Psalm 58 verse 3 tells us, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Many of you know how true this is. When you bring your children home from the hospital. I remember when my wife and I brought our first child home. And we were so proud of our little daughter. And she was just the cutest thing we'd ever seen in our life. And uh, uh, the problem was we figured out real quick that she was just like every other baby. And there were certain things that she needed and she wanted. She's going to get it no matter what. You know how it goes. You put that baby down at night. And you're so calm and sweet. And you lay that baby in the crib and everything's just right. And you back out of the room and very carefully you turn that light out. And everything's fine. And you go lay down and finally you think you're going to get some sleep. And about 2 o'clock in the morning, ah, ah, boy, that baby just sounds off. I mean, she's given everything she's got. And you, being the good husband that you are, nudge your wife and say, go take care of your kid, will you? <laughs> well, the wife gets up, she goes in, she cuts the light on, goes to the crib. And as soon as the baby sees her, the baby goes, ah, why? The baby was selfish. She wanted some time for herself. She said, I'm hungry, I'm wet, I need something, and you're the only one that can give it, and I'm going to get your attention, and I'm going to make you give me what I want. That's part of our sin nature. Now, the Bible is right when it says the wicked go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. My three girls lied as soon as they were able to talk. And we had to help them understand that lying was wrong. I've got a grandson. Love him to death. But he can lie like anybody, you know, like nobody you've ever seen. And we have to catch him in those lies and help him understand that lying is wrong. Now, you laugh about uh, uh, 
people uh, taking care of their kids and seeing those things happen. Why? Because we know that we've all had those problems in our life. I remember uh, my brother is now a pastor down in South Carolina, and he's younger than I am. He's a little bit heavier uh, than I am. Uh, my dad used to call him Tubby. And uh, my brother was on the countertop in the kitchen one day, up on the counter, and he had gotten a jar of jelly somehow out of the, the cabinet, and he had opened it, and he had jelly all over his face and all over his hands, and my dad caught him, and my dad looked at him and said, Now, son, did you get into the jam jar? And my brother, as best he could look at my dad, says, No, sir. No, sir. Now, you laugh at that because your kids have done the same thing. It's a part of our nature that we have a sin nature. Everyone needs to be saved because everyone has a sin nature. We're all born in sin. But also I want you to see this morning, everyone needs to be saved because everyone not only has a sin nature, but everyone has sinned. In verse 9, I want you to see there, it says that if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. The sin is the sin nature. The sins is what we do because we have a sin nature. Everyone in this room this morning has sinned. Or you might think sometimes it's trivial. You might think it's small. Maybe some sins we would consider big and some sins we would consider small. But in God's eyes, they're all sin. And all of us have sinned against Him. Verse 9, it says there again, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Sin, in verse 8, is our nature. Sins are the things we do because we have that sin nature. Now, not every person has committed the same sins. Now, all of us in this room have done the same thing wrong, but we've all sinned against God. Uh, I've never been a, a drunk, I've never drank alcohol, I've never smoked cigarettes, I've never run around with my wife, I've, I've never done some things that some people would think as great immoral sins, but I'm still a sinner. And I've done some awful things in the eyes of God. And the same is true with you. You may in yourself think you're a good person, you try to do good things, you're a moral person, you try to live a good, clean, moral life, but, but the Bible says we've all sinned against God. We are sinners by nature. Now I used to think that a man was a sinner because he sinned. But that's not true. A man sins because he's a sinner. A man, because he has that nature of sin within him, and that is the reason that he sins. Now, if I say uh, 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 this, not all men have the same sin. Not all men do the same things. Not all women sin the same sins. But some sin are more, uh, some sin more than others, and some don't sin as many as others. But you don't have to commit every sin in the book Every sin in the Bible to be lost. The Bible says because of your sin nature, you are bound for hell. You are a lost sinner without Jesus Christ. There was a great evangelist of the past by the name of Joe Henry Hankins. Preached back uh, in the early 20th, uh, 20th century. Traveled across America basically by train. Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he wanted an illustration. I could illustrate how that sin destroys a life. And so he was at his doctor one day, and he asked his doctor, he said, Doc, he said, what is the uh, strongest poison that is known to man? Well, the doctor, without hesitation, said, well, that's simple. It's called potassium cyanide. Brother Hankins asked, well, how much potassium cyanide would I have to take in order to kill him, to kill me? He said, Brother Hankins, he said, if you took a bottle of potassium cyanide, I took off the bottle, rubbed your finger across the top of that bottle, touched it to your tongue, before you could get the cap back on that bottle, you'd be dead. 
That's how deadly it is. So Brother Hankins thought for a minute and he asked the question, well, would it make any difference if I drank the whole bottle? Yeah, exactly. No. You'd be just as dead. You see, it doesn't matter if it's one sin or a thousand sins. The Bible says by nature we're sinners. And by nature there's a punishment for our sin. And that punishment is death. Eternal death in hell. And the Bible says the only way to escape that is through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you've only committed one or two or three or if you've committed several thousand sins. By God's standard, we are all sinners and we must be forgiven of that sin. Everyone needs to be saved because everyone has a sin nature and everyone has committed sin against God. All have sinned, the Bible says, and come short of God's glory. There is no perfect people in this world. And so our first truth about salvation is simply everyone can be saved or needs to be saved. The second point I want to introduce you this morning, the second truth about salvation is simply this. Everyone can be saved. Everyone can be saved. Jesus has provided a way so that all can have salvation. Look again, if you would please, in chapter 2. And verse 1 and 2 there says, My little children, these things write unto you that you may, may not sin. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And so the Bible is very clear here that Jesus Christ gave himself as a substitute and in place for our sin, for the sin of the whole world. Now, the greatest truth is the truth of the substitutionary death of Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, God took every sin that I ever committed and all the sins I will ever commit, and He laid them on Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, the Bible says, The Lord hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, Who in His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree. And so the Bible is very clear that Jesus died for the sin of the whole world. He died for you. He died for me. Everyone, the Bible says, needs to be saved. And therefore, Jesus Christ died for the sin of the whole world. And everyone can be saved. I was once trying to explain to a lady the fact of salvation and the fact that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, that Jesus died for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And she said, I can't understand that. I can understand how he died for my past sin, and I can understand maybe how he died for my sin today, but how can he have died for my future sin? And I simply explained to her, ma'am, when Jesus died on the cross, none of us were born. Jesus looked down through time, and he saw you in your condition, where you are. And He died in your place so that you could have salvation. You know, if I had to remember every sin that I'd ever committed and confess it to go in order to go to heaven, then I would be lost for all of eternity. I can't remember every sin that I've ever committed. I can't remember everything that I've ever done wrong. But I know this, Jesus died for every sin that I've ever committed. Jesus died for every sin that you have committed. Jesus paid the price on the cross of Calvary so that you could have salvation. While Jesus was hanging on that cross, He had me in mind. He had you in mind. And He died. He took on Himself your sin, every past, present, and future sin. He took on Himself and died in your place so that you could have salvation. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. And in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4, the Bible says, The soul that sinneth, it shall die. God's payment 
for sin is death, which is described in the Bible as the second death. That's death in hell. In Revelation chapter 20 verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. If we had to pay uh, that what we owe for our sins, we would have to go to hell forever and forever. But Jesus paid the price on the cross of Calvary. Now, if Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, if He is the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for the whole world, then it sounds like the whole world is saved. Well, but people in the world are not all saved. That's why we have to go with missions and go with the gospel. We have to tell others. The truth is, the whole world is potentially saved, but only those who receive Him as their Savior, only those who accept Him and what He did for them, only those who receive Him by faith, those are the ones who accepted Jesus Christ and are on the way to heaven. And that's why it's so important that we go throughout the world and tell others of Jesus Christ. No one will ever look out of hell someday and say, Jesus, I wanted to be saved, but you didn't die for me. No, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, and everyone needs to be saved, and everyone can be saved because Jesus provided the way of salvation. Now, number three, everyone is saved the same way. There's not different avenues and different ways to heaven. There's not different ways of salvation. Now, different religions will teach different ways. But if you stick with the Word of God, the Bible, the Bible says there's only one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ. John uh, uh, chapter 15 tells us that He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the only way to salvation. Again, in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 1 it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that believeth in Him that begat Him uh, loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. And so the Bible is very clear on that word believeth. I want you to look at the word believe there. Believeth is found at least 93 different times in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 3 verse 36, Jesus said He divides the world basically into two different categories. He says there, first of all, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Those who receive Jesus Christ as their Savior... They know that they are saved. They are in Him. They've accepted Christ. They're on His side. They're in this category. But then the Bible says that he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. Those who reject Jesus Christ, I don't believe in that way. I'll try to get it another way. I'll live my own life, do whatever I want to do. I'll go this way and not the, not the way that God said. The Bible says you'll not see life. You'll not accept, you'll not be, inherit the kingdom of God. You'll not inherit eternal life. The Bible says it again in Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That is the only way of salvation, is through believing on Jesus Christ. Uh, Brother Steve told you about the cowboy shooting. And I do a lot of the cowboy churches. I do the one here in North Carolina. I've done them across the southeast. I've done uh, a few out west. Last year, or a couple years ago, I was able to preach at the National Finals there in Phoenix, Arizona. And I hope I have the opportunity this year. That will be the World Championships here in just a few weeks. I hope to have the opportunity there to preach there again uh, uh, this uh, uh, February. But so every now and then I get into some theological discussions with some people. And some of the cowboys come and ask me questions about the Bible. And this one gentleman, we were talking one day, he says, Well, he said, Preacher, most of them call me Preacher. And uh, they don't call me by last, they just say preacher. He said, this is the way I see religion. 
He said, uh, you know, we all came to this shoot today a different direction. He said, you came one way and I came another direction. Many others came in other directions, but we all arrived at the same place. He said, that's kind of the way I see religion. He said, we all mean well and we all do our best. And he said, some will get to heaven this way and some will get to heaven by doing these things and some will get to heaven this way. He said, that's just kind of the way I see it. And I looked at him and as kindly as I could, I answered, sir, I said, I'm sorry to inform you, but when we die, we're not going to a shooting match. We're going to eternity. And only what we do here on this earth, either receive Christ or reject Christ, will determine where we spend eternity. Do you know where you'll spend eternity? Are you ready? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? Everyone needs to be saved. And all are saved by trusting Christ as their Savior. And by the way, there's no promise of those who partially believe in Christ. Well, I, I, I believe in Jesus, yeah, but I'm going to do a lot of good works to make sure I get to heaven. No, it's Jesus Christ alone. It's putting your total faith and trust in Him. He did it all for you. You didn't do anything to get yourself saved. He did it all on the cross of Calvary. All you do is accept it and believe it and trust Him in your heart. Everyone is saved the same way. By trusting Jesus Christ as their Savior. First John chapter 5 verse 1. But whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And then the fourth truth about salvation I want you to see this morning is simply this. Everyone can know it. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to wonder about it. But you can know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. First John chapter 5 verse 13 again it says this. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Several times in the first epistle of John, we find the expression, we know, we know, we know these things because of these facts, because what God wrote, because what's in the Word of God. We know these truths and we know these facts. And here it says we can know that we have eternal life. You don't have to hope so. You don't have to think so. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to wonder about it. This verse and others say that God wrote it in His book and based upon His written Word and based upon His promises in the Word of God, we can know that we have eternal life and that we're on our way to heaven. Now, some people doubt their salvation because they base their salvation on their feelings. Well, today I feel saved. I was a good person. But tomorrow I did a few things I shouldn't. And I don't feel so saved today. But it's not based on your feelings. This verse doesn't say that uh, this uh, excellent memory has God given unto you, uh, that your feelings may help you understand that you're saved. No, he says, you can know it because I based it on the Word of God. It is my promise to you. If you will trust me and believe what I did for you, you can have eternal life. Why trust your changing feelings when you can trust the unchanging Word of God? You see, the Bible doesn't change. The Bible is always the same. And you can trust God's Word and God's promise that He will give you salvation if you'll trust in Him. Now, others doubt their salvation because they don't remember the exact day or the exact time that they trusted Christ as their Savior. I was saved when I was six years old. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I can remember... Uh, what happened, I remember what was said, I remember receiving Christ, praying and accepting Christ in my heart, but to be honest with you, I do not remember the date. Now, I remember it was a Sunday, but I don't remember the exact date, and for many years I've wondered about that. I knew I was six years old, I think it was in the month of September, I didn't wear a watch either, as a six-year-old kid, I just didn't have a, I still don't wear a watch, I break them faster than I can put them on, and I just don't wear a watch. Sorry if we get out real late to this, because I don't wear a watch and watch one, no, I'm just kidding with you. 
And so I don't know the exact time of the hour. I wasn't watching a watch. I wasn't looking at a calendar when I got saved. But I can tell you this. I know in my heart, beyond the shadow of a doubt, that I'm on my way to heaven because I can remember the day when I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. It might not be the date on a calendar, but I know in my heart, I know the day that Jesus saved me. The Bible does not say this excellent memory have I given to you that you may have eternal life, but it says these things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. Jesus gave the written word as his basis for our salvation. The Bible says in John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son of God hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. If I'm trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior, then I know I have everlasting life, because God said so, and he cannot lie. Now, there are some people who believe that you can lose your salvation. The Bible does not teach that in in, in any terms whatsoever. The Bible says that God will give you everlasting life. Now, help me out here. Even the children can answer this one. How long is everlasting? Come on, help me out. How long is everlasting? It's forever. Does it ever end? Can Satan take it away? Can your sin take it away? God promised He gave you everlasting life. And if He keeps His word... One day you'll live with Him forever in eternity. Now, if you don't, if you trusted Him and you accepted Him, and one day you don't wind up in heaven, guess what? God's a liar. God can't lie. I've got it for eternity. And it's yours for eternity if you simply accept it. Now, listen. Everyone here needs to be saved. And everyone here can be saved. And everyone is saved the same way. And you can know it. Now, where are you this morning? Do you know for sure that you've accepted Christ as your Savior? Or do you doubt that? Has there maybe never been a time when you accepted Christ into your heart? I want you to do that today. Boy, the greatest thing you would do before you leave this place is accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. He that believeth hath everlasting life. Have you put your trust in Christ? Have you accepted Him today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, why don't you understand? The Bible says, first of all, we've all sinned. We explained that this morning. We're born in sin. Because we were born in sin, we do what's wrong. We sin. It's our sin nature. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of God's glory. But then the Bible says that you have a punishment for your sin. We explained that, how that sin, the punishment for sin is death. Death is separation. When this body dies, the soul is separated from the body. That's death. That soul goes into eternity. Those without Christ will be separated from God for all of eternity in an awful place called hell. That's the second death, the Bible says. Those who have received Christ as their Savior will escape that second death and spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. So there's a penalty for your sin. The Bible says if you understand that, you come to a place where you realize that you're a sinner, and you say, I believe that Jesus died for me. That is, you trust what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. He shed His blood. He died on the cross and shed His blood for you. If you're willing to accept that, ask Him in your heart. The Bible says with your mouth confession is made. In your heart you believe. You're willing to pray and ask Jesus to accept you as His Savior. Would you do that today? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's what I'm going to do. If you're here and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior this morning, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Now the prayer does not save you. But the prayer expresses what you believe in your heart. The fact that you believe Jesus died for you on the cross. He rose again the third day from the grave. And He has promised to give you eternal life 
through Jesus Christ. He's promised to wash your sin away if you'll simply trust Him. If you'd like to do that right now, I want you to pray with me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just simply pray this prayer with me. And this is the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe without you, I'll go to hell for all of eternity. But today, I ask you to save me. Come into my heart. Wash my sin away. I put my faith and my trust in you and you alone. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe only you can take me to heaven someday. Thank you for saving my soul. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that the Lord has spoke to your heart and has blessed you through this message. If you would like more information about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, please reach out to us at one of the following locations. You can visit us online at chinagrovefbc.com slash salvation or check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash chinagrovefbc. Thank you and have a blessed rest of the day.